Welcome everyone to the Psychic Wives podcast with Ginger Hendry, Jerry Carabin, and Kathy Rumsey. Here we discuss all things energetic, spiritual, intuitive, and yes, psychic. You'll learn about things like Reiki, animal communication, mediumship, or maybe just how to manage your energy on a daily basis. We'd like this to be a place where you can come to open your mind and allow yourself to create a better version of you. It's all about everyday living with a twist. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Psychic Wives. I'm Kathy Rumsey. And I'm Ginger Hendry. And I am Jerry Carabin. And we have a returning special guest with us today. Dr. Kevin is here. Hello, Dr. Kevin. How are you? I'm just so good that nobody can stand me. (laughs) (laughs) Right there is why he's a returning guest. (laughs) Right, right. So we thought in... um, celebration of Halloween that we'd have Dr. Kevin back on today and to talk about ghost clearing, which is, I think, a subject we haven't ever really touched on. We haven't touched on ghosts or anything like that in our any of our podcasts. So this is a new one for us. Um, so I'm not even really sure where to start, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Kevin, tell us what you know about your experience with ghosts, okay. with, yeah, I was client, gonna... with ghosts for yourself, with ghosts for clients, with clearing ghosts, with all. I'd the... like to know how we got started. Like, how did yeah, you, there you go? <laughs> okay. So... Ready, go. Wow. <laughs> Where's my white sheet when I need it? No. <laughs> with a big black ham, mind you. No. Uh, so the first thing is I started, uh, My first interaction with the ghost that I am conscious of was when I was eight. Um, And it was somebody I knew. I mean, and so I'm going to do a delineation here. Technically, she wasn't a ghost. And I'm going to tell you why. But I look at that as my first really visual contact to the other side. And that was when my grandmother died that I talked about on the last show. Right. She, came to me, she told me that she still needed me and that she would still be there for me. But she wasn't a ghost because she wasn't trapped. And so I would say that maybe nine or 10 was the first ghost. Um, and I will tell you that story, which is so. The oh, wait a second. I have to interrupt for a second because yeah. I think that's a really good piece that you just said. Yeah. Trapped. Oh, okay. so that's so, the difference between a spirit and a ghost. Yes, is ghosts are are spirits that are trapped. Basically. They're trapped. They don't know how to get over to the other side. Got it. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Keep going. And so the um, so this particular ghost, um, I have to put a little back history so you'll understand from this point my the house that I was living in with my mother because I split time between my mother and stepfather and my father and they both had incredibly old houses my my mother's house was was built in 1835 uh like my father's house was built in 1638 or something like the oldest house in New York Bay so um 
but this was at my mother's house. And when I had been uh, a little, uh, like a little, little kid, there had been a electrical fire and my bedroom burned. And mm -hmm. I always remembered the firemen coming up and seeing my room was in flames and, you know, um, and I slept with my parents for months because I would get hysterical when I'd walk by as they had to like, you know, like peel my wallpaper that was charred and all of this stuff. So I had a very strong already like issue with fire. And so the first ghost that I clearly remember, I was I was like nine or 10. I'm going to say 10. I was lying in my bed and I woke up and I had the sense of a presence and my bedroom door was open and I'm lying in my bed and I look into the mirror and it looks like my whole hallway behind me is full of flames. Mm. And I am completely frozen. You know that like you wake up and you can't speak and it's like you're in some kind of and of course I'm terrified because I have this experience as a child of my bedroom burning and now it looks like my house is burning down and then I noticed there was this figure of this woman walking through the flames wow. and I was like and that was my first experience and over time I actually and then suddenly I was felt like I could do or say something and instead of screaming which you would have thought I would have done I peeked around the corner and I saw that the hall wasn't in flames. Oh. And so I don't know why or what, because again, with my history, I should have been like screaming at the top of my lungs by the time I, you know, mm -hmm. did, did this, but I didn't. And she visited me a number of times through those early years, but she stopped showing up with the fire. I would just see her wandering. I would just see her wandering. I'd just kind of see her wandering. And then I just tried to get quiet and talk to her and find out what was her story. Um, because I wasn't afraid. I, I, By the time she showed up, I'd already seen my grandmother. Now, did you tell your parents about this or anything? Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Okay. My 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 so my mother and stepfather were the kind of people my my grandmother had warned me about when she talked to me about <laughs> the non-believers yeah they were non-believers they didn't they didn't want to know um and in fact the few times i tried to share psychic information i i got punished for it mm. so punish let me ask you a question at that age so here's this spirit um, at that age, did were did you somehow know, or did you ask her? Um, going back to that trap thing, do you know what I mean? Did you have a conversation with her that she like I can't get out, I can't cross, or were you too young at that time to kind of comprehend that she was stuck? Um, I was too young to understand she was stuck. Mm -hmm. At that point. I mean, I, I let, let's say I had a um, challenging childhood. <laughs> so in some ways she became like a friend. Mm. I could talk to her and I could hear her in my head talking back to me. Wow. And so she would tell me, so she told me her story and of what had happened. But I had no concept that this was a bad thing. I didn't have any concept that, um, you know, kind of what what was what. I just 
kind of knew. And there uh, wasn't a fear of her. No, yeah. I had no fear of her at all. Um, and I like got her story out of her over time and I would talk to her and she would, and, and like, she wasn't really aware of anybody else in the house and nobody else in the house was really aware of her. Mm-hmm. It seemed, it was seemed like I was the only one that was kind of aware of her. And um, so in that particular ghost story, I went, when I turned like 18, 19, at that point, I wasn't living in that house anymore, but my family still owned it. I didn't have, I had, I had always kind of remembered her, but I had left that house when I was 14 because my parents moved. And 18, 19, I started realizing, I understood the concept that she was there because she was trapped. That's when I first understood it was there's something not right here and I need to do something about it, but I wasn't really sure what to do. And it actually came, it actually happened after I did my first ghost clearing. So let me back up, interrupt you again. Did she ever, do you feel that she knew she was trapped? Did she ever say, help me? Or did she, no. was she not aware that she was trapped? No, she was waiting for her fiance mm-hmm. to come home from the war of 1812 when her house caught fire and she died for the fire and she was still waiting for him to come. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what she didn't know, which was part of what I needed to do in the clearing is he died in the war of 1812 mm. and he was never coming home and she was never leaving until he came home. Came home. Yeah. And so I had to connect the, the, that, that soul that was his the soul that was was had been reborn several times since then, and but I had to I had to touch that aspect that that there was the soul that had the face of that fiance to bring him in to help her cross over and to help them reunite so she could cross over. And I'm assuming you did this. Um... You know, you didn't go out and get a book saying, how do I do this? You intuitively just kind of had to figure out how to help her. Well, or did you go to somebody to say, well, what do I do here? (laughs) Well, well, so that's a funny story. Uh, What's this? (laughs) so we're gonna in a second if you i'm gonna finish this story Mm -hmm. uh, um then i will go um i i will go to um my first ghost clearing which was that told me i had to go back and clear her so i'll get to the first ghost clearing um so but what happened with her was so we got her i got her crossed over so we kind of crossed over. You think I had a frog in my pocket. Um, and in that part of it was that um, I was also, I was, I never like, I, I never really questioned my psychic abilities, but because it happened at my family home and because 
I had not been treated well at times because of my psychic abilities. I was absolutely determined. And I went back to the library and I proved that there was a house that was on the that was on the land that my mother's house was on that burned down and mm. my mother's house got burned on top of it. And I verified the information she gave it to me. You know, and I think there was a little part of me that wanted to take it and frankly shove it down my parents' throat. <laughs> <laughs> See, told you. <laughs> yeah, but I had tried that a couple of other times when they told me I was lying about something and then I gave them physical evidence of what I saw happened. Because I'd tell them I'd get, I'd get a vision and I'd tell them the vision and they'd tell me I was lying and I was making it up and I did the, the, sometimes there'd be a punishment involved for lying. And then I would show them the newspaper the next day that had the picture that I described in my vision that it actually happened. Mm -hmm. Then they wouldn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they just shut down. I mean, like, yeah. they weren't ever going to open their mind. Wasn't going to happen. Um, so, but that's the story of her. So I just wanted to cycle that out because my first ghost clearing is a is a story that will give you some other pieces of information about ghost as I tell it. Mm -hmm. Does this format work for you to kind yes. of keep going, going, dude? Keep going. Okay, great. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Um, so my second, um, so my first ghost clearing happened. I I was in college. I was uh, going. I was a, uh, attending a, a, a like a community college because I was working full time and you know and I was doing that thing. Um, so. I was walking down the hall and there was this girl that was in one of my classes and she was quite a bit older. I say quite a bit older at the time. She's probably in her early thirties, but you know, I was like 19 and um, she came in, she came up to me and she said very quietly, she goes, I hear you're into all of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes. Hey, <laughs> or, and she's like, do you know anything about haunted houses? And she goes, now, first of all, understand, I am Catholic. I, I, I am French Catholic. And I don't believe in any of this. And none of this exists. Do you know anything about haunted <laughs> <laughs> And I said, well, not, you know, I know a few things, but not a lot. I'm like, what, what, what's, what's going on? Talk to me. Tell me what's going on. She said, I inherit my, both my parents died. I inherited the house. Renting the house is how I'm putting myself through college. And I've lost three tenants in the last, like, since she had inherited the house. So like the last 12 months, 18 months, she had lost three tenants who kept on saying, who kept on being spooked at the house and leaving um, because they said the house was haunted and they couldn't live there. Hmm. So the third one left with his wife, uh, with the left, a, you know, a husband and a wife and two kids in the middle of the night, oh refused to turn, refused to to come back until daylight, and um, broke the lease based on the fact that that it wasn't in the lease that the house was haunted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not something you would normally put in a lease. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, that was the thing. So she's like, I really need this house to be, you know, I need something to happen. I need to rent this house. You know, this is my, this is my college education is to do this. Um, and so this is what I did back then. This is how I did. And, and I may have mentioned this on the last show. I just got very quiet because this is all I knew how to do at that point. I was like, 
can I do this? I would close my eyes. I'd give her, I'd go, can I do this? And I'd always look up. I'd go, can I do this? Yep, I can do it. Should I do this? Mm. Yep, I, sh- I should do this. I, you know. Great question. And then. Asking should, you know, I love that. Should I do this? And then the third question was, do you want me to do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of like, you know, can I, should I, do you want me to? Like, you know, what do you, and, you know, and back then I wasn't making a living doing this stuff. I mean, I never made a penny off Clary that house. Um, but it, um, she came. Uh, so I looked at her and I said, I got my three yeses. And I said, okay, when can I get access to the house? Now, at that point, I had butt-kiss knowledge of how to clear a ghost. Mm. But I had unstoppable faith that if God told me I could and I should and that God wanted me to, that everything I was going to need was going to show up. And I went in in a complete la-la land of trust. <laughs> mm. Awesome. <laughs> and at the time, I belonged to this metaphysical group. And the woman that got me involved with it, that was a friend of mine that, you know, had a huge metaphysical library and ran this weekly spiritual group out of her house and stuff like this. I called her. Her name was Fran. And I said, um, Fran, I um, I need to go uh, clear a haunted house on on Sunday. Are you are you free? Do you want to come with me? You know, whatever. And she like freaked out. She's like, you can't just go in and, you know, there's just a lot of things and you don't, you know, and blah, blah. And I was just like, well, I said, then come along. I better come along and keep you out of trouble. (laughs) So we went to this house. It was a brick house. It was left over from the mill days of Manchester. It was a, it was a Manchester, New Hampshire. It was left over from the mill days. It was one of the, it was one of the more upgraded mill houses. It wasn't like the, the, it was more like a supervisor or manager level because they used to have the different levels of the mill houses. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on the bank that looked down and, if, and between the house was only land between the house and the river that goes through Manchester. Mm-hmm. And so I, so we kind of went around, she gave me a key to the front door, but I, went around and now Fran did something that God lover, I would never ever do. And I would never let any of my students do now, but I didn't know any better back then. She brought in a Ouija board. Ah. We could do a whole show on a Ouija boards, but that's neither here nor there. So, she brought in a Ouija board as a way to try to communicate with the spirit to find out why it was trapped. She's the first one that I think that gave me when I said haunted house. And she goes, well, you know that they're like trapped, like there's something there. So I think she was probably the first one that had that kind of knowledge that this was somebody that, that was there because they couldn't move on mm-hmm. and stuff like this. And you know, at that point, I had kind of established that I'd been working enough with my psychic ability. I had done, I had done a couple, I had done some professional psychic gigs at that point. It was part of like the interweave of who I was. But I always looked at my psychic abilities was kind of something that I was here to try to like help people or do healing. And I was like, you know, well, I, you know, I, I know I've had ghosts and I know I talk to dead people, so I, I guess I could do a clearing and. 
I guess it kind of falls into what I feel like I should do with these gifts that they're 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 a gift. Well, it's helping people. It's, it's yeah, still I mean, in line. Yeah, the people the people are dead, but you know details. Don't get caught up in the details. They still need help, right? But you're helping the people who are alive that own the house. So there you go. Yeah. Well, actually, I came to the point, and and I stand with this to this day, which is, yes, the people that own the house get to write me the check if I'm called in to do it. But I'm really doing it for the for the ghost that's trapped, yeah, because they need healing and they need to get back into their incarnational cycles. Mm. And I I have been known to go off on ghost hunters before, live <laughs> on air. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Um, but we um so we went around the house. And I, I kind of wanted to walk around. I kind of wanted to see what I was getting, feeling, and friend the whole time was kind of like, oh, so, so, so you get anything? Are you feeling anything? What are you, what are you doing? And I was just kind of like, well, you know, I said, I keep on focusing on this door. And it was rusted shut, you know, like you looked and stuff like this. And I said, I just, I just feel like it's like there. And I knew this was like a door into a basement, but you could tell there was like growth on it and it was rusty and stuff like that. And and so I'm talking to Fran about it, and we both hear the sound, and we turn, and that door opened. Oh wow! It opened, and I was like, "Well, I guess this is the invitation <laughs> to go in." Now the funny thing is, I was not freaked at all, which I just don't understand because, like, I should have been freaked. Like this door opened that was clearly like rusted shut, but I was like, "Oh, okay, this is the invitation. Let's go in and see what we find." Um, I don't know. Uh, I I don't, you know, I'm not going to tell the full story, but, you know, I do have a DVD on ghosts that people can get on my website where I do have ghost stories, mm. uh, actual stories of, of real life ghosts I've cleared. But what I will say is in that ghost clearing, I learned a couple of things. A, you can have multiple ghosts. That one had three. Mm -hmm. You could have different reasons why those ghosts are trapped there. And don't ever get into your vengeance mode because I only cleared two because I was irritated with the third one and they followed me home. <laughs> so wait, let me interrupt for a second. Did Were they related, the ghosts, in some way or were they just three completely separate that had something to do with the house? It was a father, okay. a son, a little boy, and a best friend. Okay. And the father had accidentally killed the little boy oh. and the best friend was hiding and witnessed it hmm. wow. wow and the the what i will say is the father would not was was driving people out of the house and i don't know what activated him because when her parents lived there there was no problems her parents lived in this house and the problems didn't come until the parents died. Oh, and, interesting. And they died. Uh, if I, if I remember correctly, because I do know they died together and they died young, young, you know, like they weren't old. I think it was a car accident. I don't know. Cause you know, back then I wasn't going to like ask, so how did your parents, die? you know, today, if I was going to go in and clear a house and had this history, I'd be like, I need to know how did your parents die? What was involved? Because what I will tell you is 
the father was scared to death that someone would find out he killed his son because he never admitted to killing him. He got rid of the body. And basically the story was that the kid must have gone down to the river and fallen in and his body went went away and he just died. And the father and the son and the father and the best friend lived with the knowledge that the father had killed the child. Mm. So everything that that child, everything that was happening to those tenants was happening um, because he was trying to keep hidden. And I went to right to the places like I found a place that when I talked to the girl afterwards, because she wouldn't go. I mean, she wasn't going to be on the property mm. at all. But I but she knew the house because, again, her parents had lived there. And when they lived there, there was no issue with it. Um, and I said and I told her, I said, you know, that chimney, the, the thing that goes up and, uh, you know, on the second floor. And I said, yeah. And I said, do you ever remember any reason why your parents actually opened that up? She goes, well, no, it was never used or whatever. And that's where I found that he hid the murder weapon. Um, and, um, or, or hid evidence of it. So uh, yeah, again, I tell this full story on my ghost class where I tell you what a ghost is, what it isn't, why people become ghosts, all of that stuff. I have a whole two and a half hour class on it, but the end of the class is be nothing but telling real life ghost stories. And this is one I tell much fuller, but for this interview, that was my first ghost clearing. That's when I had it. And that spirit followed me home and made my life miserable until I- The third one. The father. The father, okay. So you I, were able to clear the first, two, the other two. Yep, I was able to clear the other two. Yeah. And so I know the whole story, like you said, is on the, the DVD and everybody, we have, you know, Kevin's information is all on the website, et cetera. So you can uh, head over there and, and get that. So I don't expect you to tell us how you cleared it, but so this was kind of your first one. So you basically just went in there, <clears throat> excuse me, like you said before, you had faith, you had trust that you were just kind of, know what to do yeah well yeah. and i kind of went along i mean we did get some stuff spelled out on the ouija board um we got enough stuff spelled out that fran at that point went and did the research and found evidence of that there was a missing child and mm -hmm. family name i mean the little kid could spell his name out the father the only thing i mean the father there was a very uh cobwebby pair of like uh, garden shears like big old-fashioned garden shears that was sitting on a wooden table a work table which i'm sure were back from his time it was probably from the woman's time from her parents because it was like you know maybe they the basement just i don't know but it was there and it clearly had cobwebs and in the middle of the child speaking to us on the ouija board friends like yelled screamed and we turned around and looked and the and, and those scissors had been moved and they were pointed at me oh wow <laughs> and so yeah no no ghost ghost clearing depending on what you're clearing and there's a difference between clearing a ghost and doing an exorcism mm -hmm. and you you know and you have and there is the difference between the person who is trapped stuck doesn't know how to go forward and and sometimes and there are very specific cases, and this has been on the rise in the last decade i have run into more ghosts that i have had to clear 
that didn't know they were dead. Mm. Like really didn't know they were dead. The other ghosts kind of get this, like have this feeling like they know they're not here, they're not there, they're not sure. But I'm not actually having, you know, it falls into groups and categories of different things that I've cleared. Because, you know, I did that clearing in 1979. I've done, I've cleared ghosts, you know, from the the uh, islands, the San Juan Islands off the coast of, of Washington State to places in switzerland and england i've 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 cleared ghosts that you know like died in the 12 1300s and do you have to go to these places physically or can you do it from distance well here so here's a little fun fact you have never seen or will never see on my website that you can purchase my service of ghost clearing or the fact that I do exorcisms, mm -hmm. which I despise, um, but I will do if I have to, or deal with people who are psychotically dead that were that refused to move on, knew they were dead, did not move on because they literally were out to seek vengeance for people that that they blamed or they had issues with. Mm. And they're nasty. Mm. They're nasty. And if there is enough rage, and if they were uh, living a lifetime where they were um, psychically strong enough, and they take all of that rage and that energy in, I was clearing a place once, and I was teaching somebody how to do clearings, and they were with me. And we saw one of those like big, huge, full wall paintings fly across the room. Mm, and, interesting. So there can be very physical manifestations, but it's not your typical ghost. Your typical ghost is lost, has not passed over because of something that's holding them on, like the young girl. Well, you know, that was waiting for her fiance to come back and died in a fire and, and, you know, would not leave because she promised to wait for him. Um, you know, uh, to, I've, I've cleared ghosts that died and they were insane and you have to get into the insanity mm. and talk them out of it or talk them through it. But there are some very there are some very clear ghosts that you want to be careful of. So, or, or you don't want to you don't you know you might have the ability to talk to the ghost, to find out why the ghost is trapped, to try to bring the ghost some kind of peace, to to get enough information that you can reach over and call somebody in that will convince the ghost that it's okay. That, that they're willing to leave. Sometimes it's a it's somebody who has gone on before them. It's sometimes having them having to go through that 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 story. The people I want your viewers to be careful of always fall into the category of, well, you just go in and you tell the ghost they're not wanted and they've got to go. <laughs> you just tell them go to the light. We need to get out of here. You wave some sage at them. <laughs> you sprinkle some holy water. Because guess what? 
if that ghost was not Native American, they just think you have stinky incense. If they weren't Catholic, they think that you're giving them a shower. They don't give a shit about your holy water. It has no meaning to them. Just because it has meaning to you is not going to help a ghost who is trapped. It's what has meaning to them. Yeah. So when you do that, you sometimes can drive a ghost out of the place that they're attached to to leave them wandering out there, but you haven't helped them. Mm. You've done more damage than good. You know, they had a place that they were at and if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. If you don't want to make the connection, find out the story and heal whatever is keeping this ghost here and help them cross over. Watch them. Walk them to the light. Mm -hmm. and you, you know, pat them on the head and give them a little shove in the back over the door. <laughs> whatever it takes. I mean, I've done it a thousand different ways. But it's a process. Mm. It's not a it's not a hoopa hoopa dance with all sorts of fun stuff and ringing bells. They just left because you irritated them, but you didn't help them. Mm. So I have two I have two questions, and and I know you had said before you had mentioned the Ouija board, and I know we could do like a whole different. So you don't need to go into the Ouija board, but I just want to know if you can just. Um, you had said it was a mistake that you brought the Ouija board. Can you go in just to shortly what, why was it a mistake? Um, like it, it, it has no place in it or why was I it? I feel like that the Ouija board intensified the negativity and the yeah. rage. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Because a lot of people do kind of equate a Ouija board with more yeah. negative vibes as right. opposed to positive yeah. healing okay and, and there's a whole there's a whole history and reason why that's so and again you know that's that's a whole yeah if i want to talk about it let me know okay whole history about that and stuff now the other thing you have to be very very careful at is knowing the difference if you're going to go in the situation and i i would say at least because, you know, as I had said before we went on air, you know, I had an event Friday night and then I had an event all day Sunday. I I came up uh, with it to at least eight or 10 people in all of those different sessions I was doing who was having an issue with something that falls on the spectrum. Hmm. OK, not a small number. Uh, you know, eight or 10 different sessions where this was it, but they fall in different categories. And this is where you have to be careful because a pure ghost is trapped, might be frustrated, but is harmless, has no ill intent. And what they're doing is they're going to you and they keep on yelling or screaming, so to speak, you know, like they keep on projecting their energy. And when they see somebody feels it, they lop onto them to go, can you show me the way? Like, wow. help me here. And I don't ever have them come up and go, help me, help me. But I do get the feeling of like they attach because they know that I can feel them. And so they are lost. And so, and I tell some people, and I'm sure you guys have all had situations where you've done sessions with people. And I go, honey, you're a ghost magnet. Like mm -hmm. it's just the, it's just the tuning station you came in with. Mm -hmm. And so 
you are, you know, one of your psychic gifts is to be able to be a little beacon of light to people that are lost and wandering, which is why I decided it fell into my, my thing about being committed to being a healer because I'm healing these ghosts. Right. So that kind of leads me to that other question that I was going to have. Like, obviously you're doing it different now than you did when you were 18, that very first one. But it sounds to me like every clearing that you do, um, you're asking for guidance on how to do it because it's not like every single one is the same. So it's interesting. <laughs> uh I have a whole chapter in my book, Combing the Mirror and Other Steps in Your Spiritual Path. And the chapter title is, You Will Know. Mm. You will know whatever you need to know whenever you need to know. Yeah. And once I adopted that principle in my practice, um, when I go into every ghost clearing, my first thing is I go in with an open mind. I touch the energy of the ghost. The conversation begins. And I just, it just, it just appears. I don't. Yeah. I don't question, I don't think about it. And I will guarantee you that at this point, I have cleared hundreds and hundreds of ghosts over 30, 40 odd years. And um, no two were ever alike, ever, mm. ever, ever, ever. There are similarities. Mm. I can tell you some of the most, you know, one of, some, one of the things that is the most common occurrence of what traps a ghost which is religion mm. okay religion expand. what expand please expand. <laughs> um, if you die like a ghost that i touched yesterday um died in great uh issue with feeling whether they were a good person according to their religious belief system. Mm. And they are in, in their head, they are in purgatory right now. Okay. Got it. And they're afraid that they will be indefinitely in purgatory. And if they were to make any move, it would literally take them to hell. Mm. So if you die being afraid that you weren't good enough to make it into heaven, it can trap you. Oh, interesting. Depending on what you feel like your crimes were, how devote you were, how much you made that the core of your system, how much guilt you died with in hypocrisy and feeling like a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. You know, the trouble is the biggest hypocrites never know they're hypocrites. So they probably just pass right by, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They just, you know, go by, you know, pass by go and collect your $200 and they're out of there yeah. uh, <laughs> on to their next life. You know, that whole hypocrisy thing worked really well for me. <laughs> yeah. I had a question for you. When, when you mentioned that um, the father followed you home in that one clearing. Um, so when a ghost is trapped here, it sounds like generally they're trapped by their own beliefs. Yes. Right. Um, and so but I guess my impression, not knowing a lot about this, is that you get trapped where you are. So if it's in your house or, you know, whatever the location is. But what you're saying is it doesn't have to be that way. It's just trapped in this dimension, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yes. So one of the things, great question. Thank you, Ginger. Um, one of the things is 
they tend to stay with what is familiar and oftentimes there is an attachment to that place. Okay. And, but with this guy that followed me, and I mean, like he haunted my nightmare, he gave me nightmares, he gave me, I mean, like he was really at me. It took about seven, eight weeks of being like, um energetically attacked by him before i finally crossed him over hmm. but i proved his guilt i found out his great secret right he didn't hold the secrets anymore i held the secrets he also didn't feel like he deserved to pass over that he didn't feel like he was ever forgiven for his crimes his sins he didn't think he could cross over, but he blamed me because he had been in this place for 90 years, more or less, I think was the, was the mathematical numbers. It was a long time ago, so I can't be, I can't tell you exact, but, but he had been there with his son and with his friend. Mm. Now suddenly he's in the house alone and suddenly the, the thing that was his greatest fear which in his case was, even if it was an accident, and it was an accident, but it was an accident that happened because he had a violent temper. Mm -hmm. He intentionally killed his kid. I saw how the kid died. I'm not going to describe it because the visual doesn't do any good and it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. um, but he, um, but because of the inability to, to control his temper, and what he did and but he had to look at the fact that you know he was an immigrant he was working at the mills he'd worked himself up to a decent position he had a, a ton of other kids to support and a wife and what would happen to them i mean he wasn't he 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 was a uh, he was a mistreated immigrant with an anger issue that wasn't necessarily a bad person. Right. And if you're going to be judgmental, bench yourself. Mm. I have had to go in and help cross over people that are trapped because they were child molesters, because they were murderers, because of all sorts of things. And if you can't leave your judgment at home, don't do it. Mm -hmm. because that was that lesson I learned. I was judgmental of that man. I was 19 years old. I was enraged at what he did it to his child. I'm sure it triggered some things out of my own childhood that I had long not, I mean, didn't get to for another decade of dealing with. And, you know, so it, it, it triggered me. So I was like, I mean, like I left that house telling him I hoped you rotted in hell there. Mm -hmm. Because I was young and I didn't, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I thought I was mature for a 19 year old, but even if you're mature for a 19 year old, you're still 19, right? Still 19. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm so much better now that I'm 29. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I had a very odd thing happen here at my house last week. Um, and I've never felt my, my house was haunted or anything, but we were watching TV on the couch and from the couch, I can look down the hallway to my kitchen 
And uh, it was kind of, it was shadowy in my hallway because it was at night we were watching with my grandson a Disney movie. And I just happened to glance and I saw somebody walked from my kitchen across the hallway. And the, the way that it looked to me, it was a shadow person, if that makes sense. Like I couldn't make out anything. I felt like it was a male, very calm. Uh, I didn't get any weird feelings. It went that way. And I couldn't really try to connect because we had the TV going and, and all of that. I did try the next day and I still don't know who that was, but it didn't, it wasn't upsetting. It wasn't anything. Um, so one of the things to know, there's a couple of different things that come to me. Um, but one of the things to know is that sometimes people right after death, when they're lost and they're trying to like figure it out, um, they'll, they're, they're the ones that will see, like, it's like they see a beacon of light, which is in, in their energetic vision, like a ghost magnet. Mm. And so there's two or three possibilities. I mean, if you just moved in there, I would say I'd check to see if there's an active cemetery around because if people that are just buried are, maybe they're not, maybe they're not ghosts, but they're not clear yet. Like they're in that in-between limbo, then they would, you would see them walk through your house. I mean, like, because they would see that there was a light there. If somewhere within your house, uh, within... <laughs> I'll say it because I'm hearing it in my head. Somewhere within your house, within three miles, some massive construction job or digging up or something has happened. It may have disrupted somebody. Because I kept on feeling, I'm like, because I wanted to go, Ginger, three miles around your house. Where are there, is, there is, there is, okay. yeah, there is. Um, yeah. And, and they have disrupted somebody or someone that was there and they're looking for it. The other so thing. interesting that you're saying that because the people that were there was a tiny little house. I, I live in a condo space uh, in the whole back of my condo is conservation land. And across one of the side entrances was this little tiny ramshackle house, probably the like the smallest, oldest house in the whole street. And it was an elderly couple, like really elderly. Um, and they sold it while well, they passed. And then the, it was sold and now they're building two big houses there. So they took down trees and, and all of that. So that's so interesting. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That was somebody who got disrupted by the disrupting of the land. Okay. Um, so, interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, again, you know, one of the things I delineate when I teach the class is what is it is not a ghost and what to kind of recognize and because there are all sorts of things out there. Um, but the other thing is, I need to say this, which is if any of your listeners say, hey, I feel like I'm a ghost magnet or you ever feel like somebody approaches you and because you're a psychic and you want to do something or there is some history, you have to really understand what that history is. And you have to know that the people who are choosing not to cross over, they're not technically ghosts, but they are haunting. And that 
these are sometimes people that chose a lifetime where they were going to literally teach through being the embodiment of evil. Okay. And I am finding an uptick lately of people that I'm dealing with that, and this is this is a literal example from a couple of weeks ago, and it keeps on flying into my mind, so I think I'm supposed to mention it, even though this, this person is not technically a ghost. This is a, so this was a grandfather figure, or grandfather to, to the, the person I was talking to, who molested all of their children mm. um, and was on the precipice of starting to molest their grandchildren when they died. And I literally touched the energy of this man and he won't cross over because he feels cheated because he didn't get a chance to molest his grandchildren. Wow. And, and starting to show up in their dreams and giving them dreams that are way beyond any dream they would ever have. And so what do you do with that? I force their ass over into the light. And it's closer to an exorcism, but it's not an exorcism. Okay. Because they're not really possessing anyone. But okay. I first ran across this energy 25 years ago with a woman whose life was being ruined by a grandfather who had molested her on the other side that was now had the doorway opened and he got back in and he was attacking her grandchildren hmm. and that door was opened through an Ouija board oh interesting yeah but it's as if we have done such ancestral damage that we are finding things that we don't necessarily like to talk about as life workers. Yeah. But we have to be realistic that when you are being a light worker in dark times, you are illuminating dark things. Right. So my concern is, I have had a couple of times where people have had to come back to me to clean up a mess because they came to me, we discovered what was going on and they said, oh, well, I have a friend that does this. I have a friend that can, and they poke that bear and it gets 10 times worse. And mm -hmm. then they have to bring me in to clean it up. Now I'm not saying I'm the only person that can clean it up. I will never tell you I'm the only thing that ever, I am, I am the only person that can do anything. Well, except be me. Mm -hmm. um, but and I don't look to ever increase the side of my business. If it went away forever, I would be thrilled. Mm -hmm. But I also will not tolerate this kind of stuff to continue. Right. If you know you can do something about it. But I have to tell you, in you know, since the beginning of the pandemic and then some astrological shifts that have been going on, ancestral crap is coming out of the woodwork. Hmm. I don't know if you guys have been finding that, but it's been coming out of the woodwork and suddenly we're having to go back one, two or three generations. And if somebody died and we're afraid to cross over 
to get punished to get punished for the crimes they committed mm. or were so screwed up that they feel like this guy literally i could feel it felt cheated mm. Mm. that he couldn't do this and i know we don't like to talk about it but this is the sign of the times we are where we are now because we have spent decades not wanting to talk about a whole bunch of shit. And now we are in it up to our eyeballs. Right. So that's why I'm very much like, you know, don't play with it. If you don't understand it, if you're called to do it, make sure you get whatever help or support you need to do it, but don't poke bears that can poke back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So on so- a light note, you'll never have me back again go ahead (laughs) no i'm I'm just curious to know thank you that was a lot um that's a lot to digest i'm i'm not sure maybe we can have a facebook conversation around it or something after the episode gets posted and see what other people have to say because that's just a, a lot to digest but we're running out of time here so i'm curious did your parents ever come around with your with your gifts and accepting them I mean, my my biological father, Papa, did. I mean, because okay. I mean, he was never against it. He just didn't like to talk about it because he had some negative psychic experiences personally. Mm-hmm. But he always recognized. I mean, he knew his mother had been a premier medium when she was sixteen years old. Oh, okay. He knew he had said so, but he wasn't my primary live-in. This was my mother and stepfather. Yes, they spent more time. Um, they never really, I'm going to say, they never came around to it. Um, they would prefer not to hear about it. I just reached an age where I felt no need to talk to them about it, but they knew it was part of what I did. I mean, so here it sums up. When one of my books came out, I told my mother that I had put, because she had a, a different last name because she had remarried, that I had put her name in, uh, that uh, she was the dedication in one of my books. And her first response was, well, you didn't use my name, did you? I wouldn't want anyone to know you're my child. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Ow, right? Yeah. That's kind of where they landed on it. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. You had some, you had some so end I'm... of show questions you wanted to get into with me, right? Yeah, so wow. end of show questions that we totally stole from Inside the Actor's Studio, which was, in my opinion, one of the best shows ever on TV. Um, I'm not going to ask you all the questions, but um, what is your most favorite word what is my most favorite word plethora (laughs) usually we hear curses (laughs) i don't swear much i actually have this thing i mean i occasionally do and if somebody else wants to but i'm this old-fashioned person and i go if a swear word is the best you can come up with you need to go back to school and learn a vocabulary because i can tell you everything a curse word can say and do make it sound a whole lot more elegant. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. And the other question is, if you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would you choose? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do a two sided here. I want, I, you know, throughout all of history, I would really like to sit down and talk with Jesus to find out what the hell was wrong with him that he allowed this shit to be created out of his name. 
And my grandmother, because she died when I was so young and yet was such an impact on my life that I would want to sit down and just bathe. I'd like to have her here and my father there and my other grandmother here and have this wonderful family connection. Mm -hmm. But I think Jesus has got some stuff to answer to that he doesn't keep these people in line better. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I think that's it. I think we're going to... We're going to wrap it up on that (laughs) note. Um, Dr. Kevin, thank you so much. Thank you. Again, that was a lot to, a (laughs) lot to take in, but we really appreciate you spending some time with us again. And for everybody listening, you've already found us, but we're at the psychicwives.com. Dr. Kevin's info will all be there on our guest page. So you can look him up. Um, we're on Facebook at The Psychic Wives, and you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So until next time, be well and be kind. Bye. Bye. Unapologetically kind. Unapologetically oh, kind. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs>Thank you for listening to the Psychic Wives podcast with Ginger Hendry, Jerry Carabin, and Kathy Rumsey, where we discuss everyday living with a twist. To learn more about us, please visit our website at www.thepsychicwives.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Psychic Wives. If you would like to support us, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and feel free to share our episodes with anyone you feel would benefit from listening. Sending you all peace, love, and light.